Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough, and we have returning guest, Whitney, from Historical Hotties, and we have a new guest, we have Beth from the Buffy Speak podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. <laughs> Hello. I got, I'm sorry, uh, as soon as the podcast starts, my dogs are going insane, so I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Bren, how about you? I'm doing all right. It's, you know... Another week of just roguelikes and salt from Overwatch, so <laughs> I want to die, but that's normal. That's every day. So fair enough. And Whitney, um, I've been playing a lot of Destiny, uh, Destiny Two this week, and Hearthstone, which is kind of always the usual for me. There's always Hearthstone, kind of any few spare minutes I have waiting for the train or anything like that. Nice. That's cool. So, well, we heard about uh, your podcast last week. How about you, Beth? You have a podcast, Buffy Speak. Do you want to kind of pitch us on that and what that's all about? Sure. Um, So uh, it's me and my best friend, Caroline, and I have seen Buffy like four times all the way through, and she's never seen it before. So we watch it week by week. We're on season five. Uh, How many seasons are there? Seven. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, no, we're getting we're getting into the collaboration game pretty late. But um uh so we started in like March of 2016. It's almost been 2 years. And yeah, and that's it. And we try to come at it from like an intersectional perspective. Nice. Like intersectional feminist that kind of thing. One thing I noticed was you guys also sprinkle in there some Harry Potter episodes. I think that's where I'm going to have to dive into your show. Yeah, <laughs> we both. And that was like, because we were both just the worst nerds. Like, we are <laughs> horrible. And we um, we both, like, have ter- Harry Potter tattoos. And we both, like, really get into it. Like, I probably text her, like, once a week about how much Remus Lupin makes me cry. So, so we um we decided that in between seasons we would cover one of the books. So um nice. since there are seven seasons, um and there are seven books, although we kind of goofed and the first is just an overview of like the entire Harry Potter series, which is not doable. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if you know this. But so um, we're on at the end of season five, we're going to be doing Goblet of Fire. So nice. Oh, that's yep. exciting. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I'm looking at like a you know binge website, like it counts how long it takes to binge a show. Watching all of Buffy would take six days straight with no stop. I know this is not <laughs> a joke. When I first watched it, this has only ever happened to me with two shows, mm-hmm. two of my favorite shows, Buffy and Lost. And I watched an entire se- two seasons of Buffy in three days. Oh, God. <laughs> two insane. entire seasons. I watched all of season five and all of season six. That's, in- that's dedication right there. It's my favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the description of your show, it says you've watched it like near 10 million times. I it really might be more accurate. And I've watched like I've watched certain episodes like I can quote all of Fool for Love, which is my favorite episode. And it's yes. an episode from season five. I can quote Fool for Love like verbatim with inflections and everything. And it's really annoying. That's, that's fantastic that you can <laughs> connect with something so much. I know like. When I first saw The Fellowship of the Ring, I, like, watched it so much that I could say most of the stuff verbatim. I, it's ridiculous when you, like, become so attached to something. And I also love the premise of, like, you being such a diehard fan and someone new to the series working together to, to discuss it. Because, like, that's me. Like, I, 
I've only seen here and there episodes on TV, but never really pieced together the show. So I, I'd have to revisit it and really go season by season to oh, uh, man. get the full experience. And if I do, I'd probably uh, do it with your podcast, like after every episode, because that's a cool way to like have a companion. Mm-hmm. My uh, my best friend, my one of my other best friends, she watched it while we were doing the podcast, and um, she would call me and be like. Oh god, I can't say it because you haven't seen it. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Oh, Story fair. canceled. Oh, but, <laughs> Doug, with Lord of the Rings, you watched all of that and got really into it. That's like two and a half to three hours each movie. Right. So that's like a little under ten hours, like nine hours or so. Right. All of Buffy's one hundred and forty-four hours. Okay, yeah, that's not even. <laughs> that's a really but that's long if time. you watch. That's if you watch. Um, oh, what's that horrible Double Meat Palace? Or, or, um, oh God, what's that episode in season seven? Anyway, there are, there are some <laughs> that I just don't. Honestly, like, I don't, you, could, you could really not watch season seven at all, in my opinion, and be fine. I like, okay, this is not, <laughs> this is not my, I'm not going <laughs> to hijack a podcast, because I could and I will. <laughs> um. But that's one question I do have, since you are already on season five and you said that there's seven seasons in total, uh, do you plan on wrapping the show at that point or do you have other plans or do you want to maybe launch something else that you're passionate about or is this mainly the the main thing you have in mind for now? We talked about that actually because I haven't seen Angel and uh, okay. clearly oh, she hasn't and either. Is that the same universe or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Buffy has like a boyfriend and then he moves to LA in season at the end of season three. And so it follows him as like part of a demon law firm. As far as as I can tell, as you do, as we all are. very (laughs) Yeah. This is the, this is the natural course that vampires take first. They date a slayer and then they move to LA and they open a law firm. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I've never seen Angel because Angel sucks. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like him at all. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, and I the only reason I would even try to watch it is because I know Spike features heavily in season five. But um, I've never seen it. She's never seen it. But I don't think we're going to do that because um, this podcast has been like so much fun. And I love like analyzing it. That's like my shit is cultural criticism. Right. <laughs> but it's a lot. It's a lot of work. And so, but we really like getting together and doing something creative. So, um, we're both writers. She's more into film and I like to write some creatively, but I'm a journalist. So, um, we think that we're going to take like an hour or two every week and like just workshop each other's creative work. And that'll nice. be like the continuation of this creative work kind of. That's cool. So. Yeah. So, but overall, you've enjoyed your podcasting experience. And I mean, you still got two more seasons to go. So, yeah, no. And I, I just like, I honestly, this like, no bitzo, not a goof. Like, I honestly could like talk about Buffy for hours. And I, I'm, I, I still learn a lot more every time I watch it again. And every time it's like when I read Harry Potter, <laughs> like to, to bring it back. Um, <laughs> It's just, I just find new, awesome things to care about every time. I hear that. I also think that it's interesting with any of these things that we're doing, talking about video games or talking about TV shows or anything, coming at it with a critical eye, even if you've seen it 50,000 times, talking about it in a way that you're 
reviewing it and looking at how it fits in culture today and and the experience of consuming the entertainment really puts it into a different perspective, even if you get something new every time you like read it or watch it or play it. I think that that's one of the biggest things that I get out of doing these sorts of, of you know, podcasts or reviews or anything like that is it makes you think about it differently when you're going to be telling other people how you feel about it. Right. And it's totally. my opinion on Angel. I actually don't hate him as much as I originally did, <laughs> but like to like watch her relationship with Angel and stuff like that and watch her relationship with Riley and like these different characters who like initially I was just like, I hate them. And I don't have to have a reason why. <laughs> I just do. But like now it's like, but why, Beth? Like, think about it. Like, why do you hate Angel? And it's like, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was wrong. I still don't like him, though. I will say this, though. What kind of name is Buffy? Where does that Don't. Name okay. Don't come for her. Don't come. Don't come for my daughter saying. like this. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's just, okay do you actually want to do you actually want to know <laughs> like uh, yes because yeah, it's not like a nickname it's her actual name it's her so. actual name her name is buffy ann summers joss whedon who i hate uh-huh. <laughs> joss whedon, that's another part of the podcast is that <laughs> yeah i hate joss whedon <laughs> but I'll, I'll do a quick interruption right here i'll let you get back there's just been a real quick turnaround on Joss Whedon. Like, a few years back, people loved him. He could do no wrong. And, like, now everyone kind of hates him. I'm not yeah. saying it's unjustified. I don't know enough about it. But it's just, like, I, it's a very common uh, complaint I hear of just, like, about Joss Whedon. It's, yeah. it's- I feel like, so I don't want to interrupt you, but I feel like those of you us sure. who have been obsessed with Buffy since it was on the air... Mm-hmm. always had that opinion about Joss Whedon because as much as I love everything that he creates... Um, he has very problematic views with a lot of different things. And I feel like it's oh only, only recently that people who are noticing her, who like passively enjoy Joss Whedon know that people who are like obsessed with the stuff that he's made kind of knew that for a while. Yeah. Like there's a lot of race problems yeah. in Buffy, which is something I try not to ignore. Like, Everyone is so white. <laughs> Everyone is so super white. And like all of the people of color either um, are super, super like just they don't even matter or they die really quickly after they're introduced. And every woman on Buffy has either suffered, um, has either died or suffered extreme physical or emotional or mental trauma. Like nobody escapes alive, basically. Yeah. Um, you can like, you can count it. Nobody, no woman on this show, even if it's, even if, even though it's a show that's like heralded as this like awesome icon for women. And I'm sure it was like in the early 2000s, but now looking at it now, it's got, it's like, wh- what was your, what was your deal here? Like, what, why do you hate women so much? Almost <laughs> like, why do you hate women when you're creating a show that is so powered by women? Right. Um, but uh anyway, so the reason Joss named her Buffy oh, is right. <laughs> this this show was originally a movie. Um it was a movie with uh Chrissy something and um Donald Sutherland mm-hmm. and um Joss pitched it and he wanted to make a movie about a cheerleader who killed vampires because he wanted to kill this myth of like 
like girly girls can't be badasses. And obviously that's really trite now, like Mm -hmm. to you and me, like we've seen a hundred of these characters, but like in the early nineties, when he was pitching this, he thought it was like, he just didn't see any blonde peppy girls who were like kicking ass at the same time. You know, Scully wasn't around yet. Although she's not blonde and not especially peppy, but like, um, (laughs) (laughs) so he wanted to give her like the most, like, What's the most, like, girly, frilly, like, silly name that no one would take seriously? It's Buffy. And so her name and, like, her character and everything, like, flips your expectations on their head when she turns out to be, like, the biggest, the craziest, you know, vampire slayer in history or whatever. And um, so when the show started, you you can't exactly, I mean, you could, but he was trying to, like, he was building on the mythology of the movie. He hated the movie because um, 20th Century Fox kind of took it and ran. Yeah. Huh. I feel like so there's your history lesson. Impact. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like it would have more impact if it was like a real name as opposed because like I don't know a single other person in history named Buffy. So, I wonder. I don't think he made it up, but I wonder where he got it from. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to like, speculate what it's short for. Like. Buffandra. Why? Why is that where we go? (laughs) That's not a real name. Nope. Um, (laughs) Buffadet. But that's the thing. Uh, Let's transition into video games and let's hear about your background in video games, particularly before we talk about what we've been playing lately. Um, When was like the first uh, console you've played and like what type of games are you like really into these days? Um... The first, I uh, I didn't have, like, I had a very, like, I, I want to say, like, alternative. I took an alternative route to get to where I am today in loving video games because I didn't have, like, a Nintendo 64. I didn't have a GameCube. I didn't have a PlayStation. I didn't have an Xbox. I had none of those. I had a Game Boy Color. And that was what I had <laughs> until I was 17. <laughs> I had a, uh, my first, the first games I ever remember playing, besides like PC games, I had PC games too, was Pokemon Blue and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, a lesser known Zelda. Not a lot of people like have ever played it or care about it, but it is one of my favorite games. And I'm sure it's just nostalgia factor because I played the shit out of it (laughs) as a kid, like. And I never beat Ganon, or there's not Ganon. It's one of the only Zeldas without a Ganon, but, like, there's not Ganon in there. I didn't finish the game, but I just ran around the island and, and like, cut bushes. <laughs> and I thought it was the coolest thing. This nice. gardening simulator's amazing. I know, I know. I was like, wow, I have a sword and I'm 10? <laughs> like, this is the best game in the world. But, um... So those were like my games. And I had like a Game Boy Advance SP and I had like a Game Boy Advance. And when I had a Game Boy Advance, I was really into uh, Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. I did beat that game. But now it's, I like bought it. Um, I had a Wii U. I like recently sold it, but I bought it for the Wii U and I played it and I was like, this is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? This game is impossible. Uh, but I can relate to that. God, it was just like, I don't know how I did it because now I'm like, like, I remember I got, I had this very vivid memory of getting stuck in this one part in Link's Awakening and just walking away for years and I didn't ever pick it up again. And now I've beaten it like three times. 
so I, I had all those like handheld games and then I got a Wii <laughs> when I was 17 and I got, I got it for Christmas. I got Super Paper Mario and nice. I beat it in a month. <laughs> and oh, nice. I, that game is probably my, it's in top three favorite games. I, I love, I love Super Paper Mario so much. It's like, kind of open world and the the dynamics of it it's just so cool and like nothing i've ever seen before or since like i've never seen a game like that except for the original paper mario but i've never played it so it's kind of interesting how paper mario is kind of like its own mario like oh my gosh yeah franchise of mario yeah and it's like i think why i love it so much i love the story um like i love 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 it it hit me when I was 17. I was like, the, there's like, there's like romance and there's, you know, all this stuff. There's like, it's really dark in parts, mm-hmm. um, but I loved it. And that's why I think that's why I love uh, Zelda so much. I've played like, I don't know, not not every Zelda game, but like six or seven. And um, I just love this. I, ke- I always just love the stories. I like characters a lot. That's like my thing with every that's why I love Buffy. It's why I love Lost. It's why I love Harry Potter. It's like I don't care about plot ever. I just like the <laughs> I just like the people. Nice. So, um, have you had the fortune to get a chance to try out the new Zelda Breath of the Wild? Have I played Breath of the Wild? <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm not a monster. It's no, I'm like, just curious. <laughs> I love that game. I yeah. I was just I just got a Switch like two months ago. Um, or three months ago, and I have played, I cannot stop playing Breath yeah. of the I mean, I played it on the Wii U, I beat it on the Wii U, and then, and then I was like, well, I guess I gotta get a Switch and play it there now. I guess yep. that's the logical conclusion. It's so fantastic. I, I myself, I've yet to beat it. I have a little bit left, but oh god, I, I really am looking forward to finishing that one up. It's my favorite Witcher game. <laughs> Jesus. It's basically Very just nice. Witcher Zelda. Yeah, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. It's so big. It's and it, and that's why I love it so much. It's like I keep I played I probably logged like oh god, I can't count how many hours into my Wii U version and now that I have a Switch, I'm like, you know, obviously I had to start over and like I'm just finding all these crazy new things that like I never even and I I think I was telling my boyfriend, like, I think that's why, and this is so weird, but I like this better than Mario Odyssey, or not Mario Odyssey, um, yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, the new one. Um, because I beat Mario Odyssey, and then I went back and I wanted to get all the moons, but it just felt like, I have like 760 or something. Right. And it felt, it feels like, at this point, I'm just like, I don't want to do the races. (laughs) <laughs> What's the point? I'm with you. I'm actually in the same boat. I have like I'm still collecting, and I'm just like I don't know. It's more or less if I have nothing else to do, I'll be like oh, I'll log in that game and collect a couple of stars and or moons. Yeah, not stars. <laughs> well, I think the moons are tedious, like busy work because some of them are so easy to get. Like some of them are just sitting out in the open. You don't have to actually do anything. Right? Anymore. They're like on top of a tree. Yeah, and you don't get anything from them. Like in the game, it was to progress through to the next world. But once you beat it, there's no real reason to get them anymore. Whereas mm-hmm. in Zelda Breath of the Wild, the tedious thing is the uh the seeds. The Karaku. Oh, the Korok seeds. seeds. And those actually expand your inventory. There's an incentive for you to collect them all to 
get better stuff or more stuff rather. Whereas mm-hmm. in Odyssey, once you beat the game, it's like you don't really need to get the moons. If you just want to keep playing, you can. But there's no objective in the game to keep doing them. Mm-hmm. That that makes sense to me. Um, let's go around the house of like what we've been playing lately. If there's anything like new and exciting that's happened in those games, or if you've like watched any let's plays, anything along those lines. Let's start with Beth. Go Whitney, Bren, and then I'll chime in. Um, well, I can't put down Breath of the Wild. Like, <laughs> I, I just can't. I, uh, I'm just, I'm just going around and doing things. I'm like upgrading my, uh, armor a bunch. Um, but I also, my, uh, boyfriend's friend had a download code for Stardew Valley. Ooh. <laughs> I, I have put so many hours into Stardew Valley. Okay. Okay, I'm glad to hear amount. that because I am bored out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to make it fun. <laughs> so, um, but I haven't, but I haven't played it that much. So that's the thing is what makes it fun is the more you get to know the townspeople and you have to like do a lot of work to interact with them and give them gifts, but you start getting little peeks into all of their personal lives. And that's when it gets fun. Up until then, it's basically just Farmville. And yeah. it's, it's like, it's just errands that you have to run. And that part isn't, I mean, that part can be very soothing for me. It's its a way of like, almost like meditating for me when I get home after a really long day of work. I'm like, I just want to play Stardew Valley for half an hour and unwind because it's so relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start to get to know those characters and you start to see things and they're, and they're such real world problems. Uh, one's mom is an alcoholic and, oh my gosh. and one guy is, <laughs> one guy is really depressed and this other guy is a coder, but no one thinks that he has a real job because he just sits on the computer all day. And it's like, it's such, too real, too real, such, dr- <laughs> like such real drama in, in a very lifelike way that as soon as this starts to happen in this cutesy game, it pulls you in right away. Um, mm-hmm. so that's my recommendation. If you want to be more into it is spend more time talking to townspeople and building up the hearts. Cause the more hearts you get, the more those stories open up. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, and, and it's good. Cause it's like you said, it's more realistic where it's kind of way of life problems and not like drama. Like I can't believe my husband was murdered by his evil twin <laughs> brother. Like not like soap opera. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. just like, the daily struggle of just like ah oh, fuck man like this just sucks but like you get you get very uh empathetic with some of the characters yeah like i particularly attached to the homeless guy because one day you catch him eating out of the garbage can i love the homeless like, guy oh, man and like everyone hates him they're just like get out of here it's like oh man just, like, just let him go man oh let him live am i gonna cry i'm very emotional <laughs> i'm very invested you might i mean like being attached to characters is what drives like so much passion in the nerd community mm-hmm. like i'm not sure if you guys watch anime but a uh, new series that just exploded like in the last year or two is uh my, my hero, hero academia yeah bitch i love my hero academia so much nice i i don't want to presume because i get a lot of weird looks if i talk about it and no, no. one knows oh my gosh um, but it's it's show like that the reason it exploded so much is a it working on a formula they already understand and know works but also the characters are so visually unique and they immediately grab you in and then you find out more about them and you get attached to them like it's a very character driven series and that's what sells so much stuff and that's why so many of them can just go on for decades of stories 
So it's definitely, you know, once you get invested into one or two characters, you can definitely get more invested into Stardew. And it does scratch that Farmville of just uh, simple work, like mm-hmm. quick reward, pleasure. Of just mm-hmm. like, I grew these melons, and then I sold them. And then a witch <laughs> came by and, like, made them grow, like, five times as fast, so I could sell them again. Like, it's very satisfying, I guess would be a better word. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. It reminds me of, we had an episode, I think Mark and Matt were on it way back when, of, like, mayonnaise for Pam, and, like, someone mentioned how oh, no, there's, like, AJ. a town... Oh, it was AJ, yes. There, there was, like, a town fair, and you can, like, put your pants on display, or the mayor's <laughs> underwear in there, and, like, you do, I don't know. It's kind of bizarre. Oh, there's I all sorts of, like, little Easter eggs and stuff. the mayor's underwear on display. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, like, there's some real goofy opportunities within that game that make it really complex and, like, deep. So, yeah. I, I'm interested. So, that's cool. And it's all, it was all done by one dude. Like, it's all The whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very impressive, impressive for, like, a, a single just person making it on his own as, like, a hobby, basically. It's a very well-rounded game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Dope. How about you, Whitney? What have you been playing? Well, I really wanted to talk about Until Dawn. Uh, but <laughs> a little birdie told me that you guys haven't talked about it on the show yet, and it is one of my all-time favorite games. I have not played it recently. I last played it in October, but I have played it. It came out in 2015, and I mm-hmm. have played it through six times since then. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Because I keep forcing other people to play it, and I sit down and play it with them. <laughs> so it's it plays on all the classic horror movie tropes. It's a group of, like, I think seven teens that go to a cabin in the woods that's isolated, and then you have to make it until dawn. So it, it plays almost in real time. You can get through it in about... Between 10 and 13 hours, depending on on how long it takes you to do certain things. But um, so you could sit down and play it in like one day if you just wanted to devote like a Saturday to it. Um, But it is, I think, I think someone at Polygon reviewed it as the most important mediocre game they've ever played. (laughs) (laughs) I think I read that review. Yeah. So all of the gameplay in it the camera fix is weird because it's very sort of they wanted it to be cinematic and play like a horror movie so like there's a lot of weird angles sometimes where the camera feels stuck and you can't actually look at what your character's looking at and that's frustrating and almost all of the actual gameplay is quick time events which i hate Mm -hmm. yeah so it's not super satisfying from a gameplay uh point of view but the story is incredible you can end up with all of your characters dead and, and like that's when the game ends or you can end that with all of them me. alive and <laughs> yeah. anywhere in between and the whole game story is based on butterfly effect of a, a good example that i always do that's very early in the game so it's not any kind of a spoiler is you play as as all of the different teens in in each in turn and um mm-hmm. you're playing as one person who's meeting her friend to go up to this cabin on the mountain and you don't see your friend, but you see his backpack. And his backpack is sitting on the bench, and his phone is kind of poking out of the pocket, and it's ringing. And you have the choice, do you look at his phone, or do you zip it back up into the backpack? And that choice later determines whether he trusts you or not, and is waiting by the door when you are being chased by something. And you don't know what you're being chased by, but either the door will be open for you because he trusts you, or it won't be open for you, and then you might potentially kill that character because now you have extra time to get that door open and every right. single choice in the game and the and the choices happen every more than once a minute sometimes um all of those choices create new branches of dialogue and interaction mm-hmm. between the characters and i literally 
have played it now with people six times, and it has been different in different ways every single time. Ooh, that's amazing. Yeah, I love those types of games. Whether or not you think it's scary is, you know, some some people definitely think it's scary. The first time I played it through, I jumped quite a bit, but they actually hooked a bunch of players up to, like, heart rate machines. And I think, (laughs) like, it was like EKGs and some sort of, like, neural stimulator recording while they played the game in order to time the jump scares and oh, all that kind God. of stuff as, <laughs> as as like to be as scary as they possibly could um and then there's cutscenes in between the different like chapters of the story that are peter stormare as a psychologist and it sort of breaks the fourth wall because he talks to you and you don't know who you are but he's talking to you about the game that you're playing and how it's kind of sick and do you really want to be playing this game and that happens very doki doki literature club it is yeah it is so good and i definitely do think that as far as gameplay goes it's very mediocre but as far as story goes i don't know if i've ever played a video game that takes what video games can do and and really goes all the way with it in such a good satisfying way as interesting yeah so yeah that's one i've really got to play in its entirety um and you mentioned you played it last in October. It seems like what around Halloween time, I'm assuming. Yes, it seems I play like it every when, Halloween. Yeah, it seems like you could share that with people. I, I don't know. That sounds like a good one. I, as a fan of like heavy rain and like uh, a wolf <laughs> among us, that yeah, telltale yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think it would really be for me. But so I don't like, know. I'm just like not a horror game guy. It's like a telltale game on steroids because telltale games is so they're so kind of on rails. Like yeah. you make decisions, but you kind of they and they branch out and you see different stuff, but you always kind of end up in in similar like like checkpoints. It's, yeah, we've talked about this before. It's the illusion of choice of like you have three options, but yeah. you're always going to end up in the same place regardless. So there's going to be a slight difference. So too, that's what I love any. so much about Until Dawn is that you don't. It's not an illusion of choice. You literally could kill a character thirty minutes into the game, and then they're just gone. Yeah, that's the difference between uh, Heavy Rain, because they said that too. Right, though, right, Heavy Rain. Right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I played it trying to kill the character as soon as I could, and it wasn't until like two and a half hours in before there was a choice that actually had any impact. So there's. And, and so- I wasn't even trying to kill anyone, and everyone died for me the first time. <laughs> You're just bad at the game. I know. I'm notoriously terrible at that. But it, yeah, and watching the killer just walk away as the only person, <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but for Until Dawn, they actually have a sequel out that came out, I think, last week, and it is unfortunately so. very poorly reviewed so far. It's, oh, really? It's VR, and what it is is yeah. so, so. Not only are you this cabin in on the woods, but at some point in the story, you also end up that on this same mountain that this cabin is is also an old um, psychiatric facility. Of course, mm-hmm. why wouldn't there be? Um, <laughs> And this game is sort of a prequel in that you are a patient in that psychiatric facility in, like, the 50s. And I was so hyped for this game because it was VR, because I love the people who made Until Dawn and how well they did it, and the fact that it was sort of part of the same universe. But everybody that has reviewed it has said, I was extremely bored the entire time. And so, yeah, I'm very sad about that. I probably will still find a way to try it out, even though I don't have any VR stuff right now just because sure. I want to support them in making more games. But uh, yeah, no one no one so far that's played it has, has enjoyed it very much. That sucks, because I, like, I don't get hype. <laughs> I don't get hype for games that often, but I was, like, super all-in for the Steven Universe RPG. Yeah. 
and oh. nobody likes it. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sad. And I'm like, well, whatever. I guess I'll just continue. I'll beat Wind Waker again for the 10th time. <laughs> like, I don't know right. what to do. Yeah, I've always I've always taken a, a step back from any excitement I have for any third pro- a party, like, property of a series. Like, I was super excited for the Adventure Time game for the DS. And I bought that. And it's like, oh, man, this is super mediocre because mm. i would see the development of it online from like the creators and stuff and their ideas were amazing and then for whatever reason they had to cut corners or the studio had to do something and it just wasn't anything close to what they imagined so it's just like real disappointing especially with like other properties being transferred over into video games it almost is never good there's well, very I re- few i really like the steven universe rpg for mobile like, I really like the app, um, and I've beaten that, like, a bunch of times. It's not super hard to do, but it's, like, it's fun, and I love Steven Universe. So I was, like, super excited because it was just, like, expanding on that and, like, expanding on, you know, it inclu- involved a lot of different characters, and, like, there was going to be a new character, and I was like, hell yeah. And then I think it was Polygon. It was, like, it's so glitchy. Like, it's so glitchy, and, like, one at one point I literally had to, like, do a basically do like a hard reset on my playstation to make the game like start over that's rough i know and i'm just like god how did this get out to the public because i would kill for a good steven universe video game like i would kill i think that could be in the future but it sucks that that was the planned one yeah Yeah. (laughs) well i mean there's only one franchise that'll let get away with being that glitchy, and that's Fallout. And I don't know why I let it get away with it, but those, those are the only ones that I let get away with it. Otherwise, it's too glitchy, I won't play it. I think Fallout helps because they have, like, the ragdoll and, like, the exploding body features. So, like, uh-huh. there's kind of a point of it that's, like, always innately silly and over the top. And you uh-huh. can add mods to it. Yeah. So, like, I played Fallout 4, and I had the John Cena music uh, played and <laughs> I leveled up. And there's a point where I took a break for a while and I came back to it. I started playing. I'm in like the Mirelark tunnels or like there's, uh, you know, plague ghouls like running around and, and all of a sudden just. And his name is John C. Just blaring in my fingers, man. I just shit my pants immediately. Sorry, listeners. But that's what it felt like when it happened to me. It was terrifying. So, like, uh, I immediately so had to get rid of that. <laughs> but I think, I think Fallout by itself is at moments too serious and like too full of itself. And it's when it comes out and like all the mods and videos come out of people just being like glitched out through the ground and then launched like a billion feet into the air. Like, <laughs> that's where it's like, ah, oh, this is Fallout I love. Not yeah. The, you know, super dramatic. Not the actual game. Yeah. I don't know how many people play like, uh, Bethesda game like Skyrim or Fallout or whatever. And haven't actually finished the main quest. They got hundreds of hours in it, but never actually finished the main quest because it's not the it's not the most engaging part of it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's easier to get distracted. Um, one thing that you mentioned about Until Dawn was people getting hooked up to like EKG machines and stuff. Uh-huh. I feel like that's very like sick on the people on like the experimenters' <laughs> helpers. behalf because I feel like in all reality, if you're doing that and trying to scare someone, you're hooking them up. Like, if someone just drops dead from a heart attack, you know those guys just jump in midair and high-five, and it's just like, <laughs> but then, then they're like, oh shit, we have a dead guy here. We've made so, the perfect game. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I, I wouldn't sign up to test a game that's, like, meant to scare the shit out of you. Yeah, I'd be nervous that there's an EKG thing hooked up to my chest. Like, I'm already on edge. <laughs> exactly. Um. All right, and then, Bren, what, how about you? Uh, Not much. Entered Gungeon, still eating away my life because I'm addicted to roguelites. 
And uh, Overwatch, still as toxic and salty as ever. And uh, Bassa linked us an article, but I haven't gotten to read it yet, about like apparently Blizzard's trying to crack down on the toxicity even more so. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. You could take away all ways of communicating in-game between players, and they're still going to find a way to taunt and, like, disrespect each other and like you know teabagging is a clear one you can do mm-hmm. that without communicating <laughs> so there's there's always going to be a way for people to just be dicks to each other and honestly yeah. i think they should have tried to figure out a way to to clamp down on that before overwatch league started because like that's why they're doing it now is they want people to get into it but they're worried yeah. that like no new people are going to get into overwatch because of the league because of the toxicity and i'm like you needed to worry about that before you're trying to make your league profitable yeah, like, the two biggest things known about Overwatch, I think, outside of, like, if you're not a gamer who plays it uh, yourself, is that there's a lot of toxic players, there's a lot of porn of it. Yeah. So I saw a lot of articles about both of those. Really? <laughs> See, I know nothing, I know almost nothing about Overwatch at all. Oh, okay. Almost it's... nothing, except for, I know a lot of, a lot of my nerd friends are <laughs> 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 really into it. Uh, I know just... that I will never go on mic because being a woman, I immediately get oh, yeah. See, that would terrify oh, me. No. Like, yeah. like I, the I, amount I... of toxicity triples as soon as people really know that does. I am female. Easily. I saw Easily. an article or like a video where they were really trying to crack down on that and just like, or bring awareness to it. And I'm like, man, that's, that's just a shame that it is that way. Yeah. And it's so weird because and... it's not like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like an especially exclusive game. Well, you know what I mean? Because... It was so immensely popular. It's one of the most popular genres of like a first person shooter. It's Blizzard, who's a massive company, has a huge fan base to it. And it was a very unique uh, way of doing that. Like now there's a bunch of uh, hero arena shooter clones coming out of the same genre. So it just had a lot of attention on it. And so that drew in all of the first person shooter fans. It drew in all the gamer fans who don't actually normally play first person shooters. And it just drew in people who actually never played games before. Like this is the first one they played. So there's just so many people coming in, and toxic players are the minority of uh, players, but because there's so much more people, that minority is even bigger now. And honestly, I think part of the style and the cartoony like aesthetic to it, of like the lighter tone as opposed to like a gritty Call of Duty one, mm-hmm. might increase toxicity of people trying to overcompensate their like masculinity oh, and yeah. aggressiveness. Like, I'm not playing like, this pastel, because it is yeah. really pretty. Because, like, you would get that from Call of Duty and you would expect that, or, like, CSGO. But, like, with this, they kind of, like, are overextending it to prove, like, yeah, I'm a big fat guy, like, named Roadhog, but, like, I'm gonna fucking murder you, and they're, like, super aggro about it. And I think with, I think you're uh, right, Winnie, with the League, they're trying to clamp down on this more because the League is a way to, it's definitely getting more popular, it's definitely bringing attention to esports in America more, Mm -hmm. um, because it's not as prevalent. And I think they are expecting more people to try Overwatch if they see it, like, but it's really, really, really hard to watch if you don't actually play Overwatch. Yeah, no, I've, I've watched a couple of games now, and it is, even having played Overwatch, it's hard for me to watch it. Yeah. And and they've done their best to try and make it easier to watch, and it's still, for me, not enough to make it. Like, it's hard to be, they need to get the teams into their actual cities so that you can go watch them play in a space, like the space that they have in Burbank in California. Um, because that's the only way that I think that it would be something that people actually get into. Because on TV, like streaming it, it is very hard to get into actually watching people compete. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen a few, especially like barcades and some, some sports bars have like, you know, events when there is a game and mm-hmm. uh, for that town or for that city. And that's fine. But I think they have to get, uh, necessarily put the teams in there. Well, yeah, they could. It doesn't take as much. You don't have to build a whole arena for it. Um, so it's definitely easier than other sports. But I think the teams actually just have to be from those cities. Like, I think half of the teams, like half the players on all the teams combined, are South Korean, like from yeah. South Korea. So it's like, why am I going to root for the Philadelphia team when no <laughs> one's from Philadelphia? Right. All you're doing is just slapping a different jersey on, but the players are all going to be from South Korea. I, so actually, just like, I actually don't mind that. My problem was that they're trying to do it in a like a soccer league. So that the the formula that they emulate is a soccer league style, and. Mm-hmm. And if you can't beat, have a hometown team where you go see them at your local, like, soccer field when they're playing, I just don't think you're ever going to drum up the amount of, of people watching that you want. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, like, you need a reason for that hometown to care about them, as opposed to, like, here's a bunch of random people from a city no one's from. Like, we, yeah, I think we both agree, like, it, it needs to be a reason for the hometown to root for that team. Yeah. Other than it just has that city's name on their jersey. Right. A, bu- yeah. a bunch a bunch of teams who are all people from South Korea who are all playing games in Burbank does not really associate me with Philly or New York or any of those things, so. Yeah, I want to see the Philadelphia Fusion win and then start throwing their Gatorade bottles at the other team and, like, yelling <laughs> slurs and stuff. Because, like, that's a Philly team. That's an aggressive <laughs> piece of shit Philly team that we would get behind. Uh, right. There we go. And there's nothing, there's no more in the spotlight than right now with the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. It's no uh, more prevalent than ever. By the time this airs, we the, the listener knows the winner. Um, but It's probably the, not the Eagles. Wasn't that <laughs> game crazy? Wow. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. I knew it all along. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, is is that basically it, Bren? Yeah, that's all I've been playing. Yeah, I haven't been playing too much. I've been basically editing the podcast and our other show, D&D Show. But the thing is, uh, I did get around to playing some Everybody's Golf. I'm one character away from getting to rank 5, and my character's level 7. It's cool because my girlfriend likes to play that game every now and then, so like every time she plays a match, it like progresses and I get more experience, so we're <laughs> basically working together towards that. That's and cool. It's so it's super customizable with like all the characters you make, so like I have one character and she has like five different like girls that she's made, and it's like really fun that we can pick which ones we want to play, and there's a multiplayer mode that we can play locally, so all in all, very, very fun, like JRPG meets golf, so everybody's <laughs> golf. And um. I since we last recorded, I think I told the listener that I'm trying to 100% and get or platinum get the platinum trophy for Kingdom Hearts 1.5. And the few trophies I had yet to get was one that's called Undefeated and one called Unchanging Armor. So you have to beat the game without using a continue, and you have to beat the game without changing any of your equipment. So essentially, oh, you have to use the Kingdom Key Blade. the The most basic Key Blade doesn't give you any buffs or anything. Wow. And, 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 oh yeah, there was actually another one that said you have to beat, not beat the game, but beat this one boss, like the final boss before 15 hours of gameplay. So you have to speed run it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to knock this all out and do my first speed run. I've never done it before. And every time I was like, I do like 40 minutes to an hour at a time. And every time I do it, I'd hop on Twitch and then I exported to YouTube. So by now, listener, you can check out my speed run. I think it broke up into seven parts. Uh, I was at six hours total, which I feel really good about. Although I, it's, I'm sure there's like 
in fact, I think I saw one like a record for that was like three hours, and I don't know how that's possible Whoa. because I I was literally <laughs> skipping every cutscene, and there was a few things I was dicking around with, and I guess like. You have to really determine if you want to grind at, like, when's the most efficient point to grind to make certain bosses easier, but I don't know. Also, if you start the game out off on beginner, like, I figured if I'm going to speedrun this, I'm going to play on the easiest mode there is since I already just beat the game on proud mode. <laughs> so it was like, and I don't know, you start off in beginner mode, uh, you get, like, eight defense ups and eight strength ups. So if you just eat those right off the bat, I don't know if he eats them or if it's just like a potion or what. But uh, if you use them, it really does help. So long story short, I was able to bust through that in a couple of uh, hours here and there. Uh, and I'm really happy I got all the trophies. But there's one remaining. I have to get this gummy ship trophy and it's a pain in the ass. There's <laughs> one way to do it that if I go from one planet to the other without getting any damage and without getting any points, I'll get the trophy I need and then I'll pop the platinum. So I'm one away. I'm really hyped. I think it'll be coming soon. And that's basically it for me. Nice. Popping yep. the platinum sounds like something you used to do in like a rave. That sweet, sweet platinum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rolling so hard, bro. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's uh, quiz you guys with some. What's that sound? Oh God. Alright, so we're playing What's That Sound? It's basically just an audio quiz. I have some sound effects or theme songs from various video games that uh, we've played, so hopefully you guys can get these sounds right. But let's start off with sound number one. I've always had a vivid imagination, but this dream unsettled me. It was wild and dark and weird, even by my standards. So yes, it began with a dream. Following a typical nightmare pattern, I was late, desperately trying to reach my destination, a lighthouse. For some urgent reason, I couldn't remember. I'd been driving too fast down a coastal road to get there. I'd seen the hitchhiker too late. <laughs> I think I know what this is. I know what it is. I don't. <laughs> I, I for sure do not. Oh, okay. Well, then, okay, that's fair. Let, <laughs> let's get some guesses so, from the person who doesn't know, and then we'll, we'll end with uh, Whitney, who's definitely got it. Um, Brandon, sounds like you might, too. Uh, just because they're always topical to what we're talking about, I'm just going to... I'm not sure about it, but I'm just going to say un until, uh, until dawn. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. but that's a good guess. <laughs> it All is right, a good I got guess. a second one. Yeah. Uh, how about a guess oh, from Beth? Beth yeah, oh boy. Beth Some if it <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's something that we've talked about, I have no idea. Oh, I'm not sure I if this came up is. in conversation. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I am going to. Okay, it's Stardew Valley. It's for sure. <laughs> God, I wish. I'm going to go and say that was a solid guess. Um, but no. Uh, Let's hear from Whitney, because I think you, you definitely got this one. That was from Alan Wake. Oh, indeed. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I oh. thought it was. Oh, A that game, game is, is chef's kiss good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. One weird thing I like about that, which I don't think was intentional, but I like how he can't run for long. He's got, like, endurance. 
Because he's yeah. like a schlubby writer. He's not like a professional athlete or a mercenary. He's not Nathan Drake. Totally. He's like, yeah, the dude's going to get tired. Like, I'm fine with this. Yeah. So Should good. Should use alcohol as like a uh, stamina booster. Um, <laughs> that would be really good. Um, but so you guys nailed sound number one. Let's see what you guys make of sound number two. This one has a helper sound. So let's see what you make of two now. Now, this is a save game book. When you touch it, your game will automatically be saved. The game will restart from this point if you faint. You can also load a saved game from the main menu. Goodbye. Oh, man. I feel like I've watched a Let's Play of this game. Oh, my gosh. It sounds super familiar, but I'm pretty... <gasps> oh, it's freaking... It's, it's... Oh, my god. <laughs> <laughs> It's, okay. <laughs> it's Sorcerer's Stone for the PC! Yes, it is! Oh my oh, god. Wow. That was really deep and like impressive. Well done. Okay, that, yeah, I forget. Oh, in fact, I think that was actually nearly Headless Nick explaining you to you how to see yes, it. Yes, I knew! Oh, but, I okay. knew it! So Since I, you already nailed it, I, let's listen to the helper sound, though, because that'll definitely confirm that it's Harry Potter. I, w- I would have guessed Harry Potter because of the music, but I would not have known what Harry Potter game it would have been. But the background music, my guess was something Harry Potter related. It definitely gives that vibe. Oh, but check out this helper sound. Let me know what you guys think of that. Cast your flippendo spell on this b- block to knock it out of the way. That's real obvious. With that one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. He's stuttering and everything. Uh, Professor Quirrell. Uh huh. Yeah. I remember casting Flipendo because it's, a, <laughs> it's one of the like five spells you learn. Even in trying to find audio clips for this, like uh, hearing like the voice actor for Harry Potter, like he's like got so much enthusiasm. By the end, he's just like Flipendo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as tired as this as you are. <laughs> so, this- but anyway, okay. <laughs> You guys won that one. Usually it's uh, best two out of threes, but uh, you guys nailed it. But let's go for the trifecta and see if you can get the full uh, hat trick on the first game. Let's see what you make of sound number three. Oh, we should all get this one. I know this. Yeah, that one should ring a bell for most gamers, but I'm just curious who's going to shout it out first. Oh, no no on. one! <laughs> well, now I'm worried that I'm wrong. Uh, okay, well then, we'll I'm start I'm second guessing. I'm pretty sure that's Link's Awakening, right? Like, No! No, no it's the, not Link's Awakening? No, What's wrong with me? That, no, it's, the, it's probably the same era, and I can understand the confusion. Or is it Pokemon? It's Pokemon, right? It is! It's yeah. Pokemon! Yep. <laughs> it's the Poké Center, or at least part of it is. Yeah, there's a couple different, like, iconic sounds. I just threw them all together, because, I don't know, Pokémon, I think that would be found in red, blue, and yellow, most well, likely. One of my favorites is some of the newer Pokémon. They still have the old Pokémon uh, voice sounds, so it'll be like, oh, here's one of the new Pokémon, and it, like, clearly says its name. It's, like, very crisp and audible. And it's like, oh, there's a Charmander. It's like, play the Charmander noise. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, like, Weird, the, mo- like, the computerized computer screams of the damned. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect description. It's a guy. It's like there's nostalgia there, but we probably could have updated these. Like it I know. Be used with God, it's like tomorrow. the anime. It's like char. Yeah. And then and then the the, the game is like. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next game. Uh, Let's see what you guys make of this first sound now. Ah, these are the what's that sounds that I remember. Vague and cryptic as shit. (laughs) It's not an easy game. I think I might know that one. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay, well, then we'll come to you last. Uh, let's get a guess from each of Beth and Bren. Oh, this is... <laughs> no I'm, idea. You're exposing me. <laughs> fake gamer oh, girl. No, 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 no. <laughs> Nobody's fake here. There's so many video games out there. We can't be aware of them all. That's the thing. It's no uh, no, no worries. Destroy uh, all humans. It sounded sci-fi-y. Yeah, oh... Uh, I'll count yours as a guess, Bren, but no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Portal. No, oh. decent guess. Um, how about you, Whitney? You think you got this one? I, I'm not a hundred percent on it, but it sounds whether or not it is. It sounds almost identical to the "Don't move, hold your controller very, very still" in Until Dawn. That is exactly what it is. <laughs> Damn it. Fantastic! Nice. I knew it was going to be something we talked about. I knew. Hey, uh. I, I tried. Um, but that's the thing. Well done. Uh, let's move on to the next one and see if you guys win this game as well. I could I could sing this song without the music playing. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you know because I was worried. As I definitely don't. Never played. I was like thinking, is this song iconic enough? I think it is. Well, there's only there's only about four or five songs that kind of repeat depending on. Uh, I, I won't say anymore. We'll let we'll let other people guess first. Fair. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I I can give a hint though for this one. Uh, it did come up in conversation already. Oh mm-hmm. uh, wait, I know what it is now. <laughs> Great! Fantastic! I love it. I have no idea. Oh no! You may or may not have guessed it. Oh, what was really? <laughs> it's it's not. It doesn't sound like it's from. Is it? Is it from Portal? Oh no! no. I'm sorry. I don't I was, mean to confuse I was gonna, you. I'm confused. Yep, that's you've talked mind. about it. Like you've definitely Stardew Valley. Oh, Stardew yeah. Valley. Okay, see. Played like ten minutes. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's uh like one song that changes per season, and then the, the rest is kind of just area based. So there's really only like six or seven songs in the whole game, and it just depends on how long you've played it, how much those seep into your subconscious. That makes sense. So with my Absolutely. like hundred and forty hours, my entire <laughs> seven seasons of Buffy put into Stardew Valley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm very familiar. <laughs> I am not. A crazy I, analogy. I turn off that music immediately and just play podcasts in the background. So I've barely heard it. Oh, Despite true. having 60 hours in it. I do that with a few games myself. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you guys are crushing it. I don't think we missed one yet, but let's see if we get the double hat trick tonight. Let's play sound number six now. Before we start, however, keep in mind that although fun and learning are the primary goals of all Enrichment Center activities, 
Serious injuries may occur. For your own safety and the safety of others, please refrain from... Por favor, por donde falla. Muchas gracias. Run back. <laughs> yeah, so that's a weird one. <laughs> well, we've already talked feeling, about it, yeah, so it's got to be No one's going to guess this one. <laughs> <laughs> it fills me with, with happy brain chemicals. That That's how Clip does. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Any guesses? Someone shout it out. I'm scared now. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay. That's Gladys you know from this. Portal. That's from yeah. Portal. I knew it. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to say it. Oh, uh, congratulations, guys, though. You guys did it. That's how we play. What's that sound? Nice. That, that's like the only game I'm good at, apparently. <laughs> when it comes to it, it's my worst one. Oh, yeah. I do listen to the Super Paper Mario and Link's Awakening soundtracks on YouTube, so if you would have given me that, I would have crushed it. (laughs) If we have you back on, I'll have to try to throw those ones in there just to make it Just try. You just try. I will win. (laughs) There we go. Um, That was a fun episode. Let's, um, well, there's maybe a couple news topics we can discuss real quick, and then we'll do some plugs and wrap this up. There's just one thing I saw that's interesting. We don't really have to dive into it, but maybe our listeners would want to Google it. Apparently now Nicolas Cage can be put into any movie in history thanks to a machine learning algorithm. Mm-hmm. And and the strange thing there is it like opens it like begs the question like does that mean it, you can swap out like Nicolas Cage as a variable like so for instance like I could put myself in the Harry Potter movies or something and that would like, be like weird as hell. Yeah, that would be. Or I you don't could know. put Nicolas Cage in the Harry Potter movies. And I would As buy every that. single character. Yeah. I think the problem that was putting you into it, we'd need as much film of you as we have of Nicolas oh, Cage, which is that yeah. makes more sense. You would, okay. you would so need a lot of actor. hours of filming yourself, I would assume. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, it has to be someone on film. Okay, it can't just be anybody. It can't just be Photoshop. <laughs> this is my nephew Derek. He's in the Harry Potter movies. Facebook profile picture uh, MS painted onto uh, (laughs) After Effects the whole movie. They have those in like the Ma kiosk where it's just like an entire movie or like a little two minute movie and the one head is just green screened. So they just take your picture and glue it on. (laughs) They're terrible. Okay, but in, in a similar vein, this one's very interesting and it's Thanks to Japan, such innovators we got over oh, there. Uh, they, they have this thing called Human Uber, and it. it oh boy! It, the article says it'll save you from ever going outside again. And what the premise is: you hire somebody else, like a human body, that will wear a helmet that has a tablet attached to the f- face of it. And so, like, I don't even know how this person can see or know which way they're going. But on that tablet is your face and your webcaming. So you basically have somebody else take your place, your physical place, and you as, like, a fucking image of a webcam are, like, there. Wow, wow. I love Black Mirror. Yeah, it's right, <laughs> pretty much. To, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, people are like, oh, you can't be two places at once. Uh, now you can. Japan is I mean, a, a magical, magical not. place, but they take it very far sometimes. Yeah, it would be pretty bizarre. I wish I could just have someone show up at my work and do that for me and see how my boss reacts and be like, oh. <laughs> He's totally <laughs> here. Yeah. It'd be the it's same It's me. Point. What do you yeah. mean? 
They can I treat have, me just as much work as I do. I have both a mother and a father. <laughs> <laughs> I am human. I feel like with Japan, they're like, our population is dis- like being destroyed. Our youth have almost no social lives because they're working so much. Like, you know, people are dying faster than they're having kids. And a lot of people are just being shut into their, like, apartments and playing video games all day instead of going out because it's the only time they have to relax. And part of Japan is also going like, yeah, that's our main demographic, and we got to keep them in their apartments. They got to lock them up. Those filthy uh, otaku uh, hikikomoris. Jesus. Yeah. I know that word because I am one of them. That makes My people. (laughs) There's an anime about it. Oh, Anything man. from you, Bryn? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 got a release date, which I am almost positive will get delayed. So, don't hold your breath on that one. Um, but it's scheduled for October 26, uh, 2018. So, we'll see if it actually comes out then. If it does, I will be very surprised, because almost every game that's been announced in the last two years has been delayed in some regard. Speaking of delays, Anthem is delayed, because BioWare and EA are realizing how critical that game is going to be for the uh, longevity of Bioware. It's pretty much confirmed now that if Anthem doesn't sell well, it's the EA's going to shut down Bioware because of it. After Mass Effect Andromeda and after Battlefront 2, that whole scandal with EA. Right. They're, they're at the point if they take another loss, they're just going to start shutting down departments left and right. But they already do that. As long as the department's making them money, they'll keep it open. But Bioware is already in trouble with the Andromeda whole thing. Oh, man, it sounds like all their eggs are in one basket. uh, It sounds like EA is a fucking garbage company and deserves to be shut down. (laughs) Where will my Sims Uh, come from? Yeah, where where (laughs) am I going to play my Maddens? Um, (laughs) It's it's not hard. It's the same game every year. So anyone else can pick that up. shut down after A Way Out comes out, which is theoretically March 23rd. So when that happens, then they can shut it down. (laughs) I I would like to comp the independent studios, like the smaller studios, to still be around. I just want EA to die, like just the parent company. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. <laughs> and speaking of things dying, uh, Gigantic, that uh, MOBA Hero Arena game. Uh, I've talked about it before. I was playing it for a bit. It was free. It was pretty fun. Um, the queue times like for lobbies and stuff were pretty bad, though. And I don't know if that's because it was just being flooded with so many people or if they just didn't have the service for it or what. Um, but the game was pretty neat. It was uh, did well, especially for a free game. It was really fun. Um, that's shutting down in July, so it was fun, but it wasn't fun enough, apparently. Oh, man. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. It was, it was a neat idea, and an uh, interesting twist they put on, like, the MOBA Hero Arena game, where you essentially had two, like, Goliaths at either side, and you had to defend them. And once you got enough points on one side, the Goliath would go to the other side and attack their other Goliath, and then you would take them down, and until they, one of them eventually died and you won. So it was neat. Uh, it definitely had some bouncing issues. Um, but I, I was hoping at least it would have stayed around for a bit, but being that it's free, that allowed for a ton of people to try it out and make no money off it. So it was real expensive to keep running. So yeah, if you like that game, uh, maybe find a new one. Yeah, <laughs> Bummer. Maybe around until July, July of 31st. So like right at the end. Oh man. Cause the premise does sound really cool. I have to give them that. I, I mean, it's still. It's still running, so you got time, but just don't get too attached. Yeah, damn. <laughs> also, this is kind of completely irrelevant and not related to our show at all, but apparently the Sci-Fi Network and the USA Network can now say fuck. Yeah! So that's pretty fucking <laughs> that's neat. That's true. 
This is true. They can say fuck on basic cable. I'm sure it's going to be like after midnight or 11 p.m. Like it's going to be late. It's the adult swim hours. There's actually, um, there's there's the FCC, um, the rule is that after 10, you can swear. Yeah. I think they kind of copied that off of England's model of like the safe harbor hours. Because mm-hmm. like in England, after uh, like ten o'clock, you can say pretty much anything. You can they show really don't censor anything. Show nudity, do all that stuff. Yeah. Thanks, media yeah. law. I learned that from yeah. there. <laughs> nice. And I think it's just because the FCC. Well, FCC can't do much because it's cable. Like if it was broadcast, they would be able to clamp clamp down on it. But because it's cable, they really can kind of do whatever they want as long as they don't piss off advertisers. Did but you like, know that's kind of HBO's model? They have to uh, when someone gets fined or someone wants someone to get fined for saying shit. It has to mm-hmm. be determined whether or not they mean it in the feces way or if they mean it in just the general shit way. Yeah, like and expletive. if if they mean it as you know shit feces, <laughs> then they can get fined. But if they don't, mm-hmm. then they they don't necessarily have to. Well, it's like uh, with movies. For a PG-13 movie, you can say fuck once, but in a non-sexual way. So you'd be like, fuck that guy. But you can't say, like, we were fucking. Yeah, but in the, what if it's just like, oh, there is shit all over the walls, and it just so happens <laughs> that shit is poop. Like, it's just like, well, but I didn't it, mean to get fine. <laughs> that would be used in a slur, but because it's actually what it, or it's not a slur, sorry. Uh, used as slang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> shit is an offensive slur to poop. Um, but because that's what it is, like, you could say there was stuff all over the wall, and if it was actual crap, it wouldn't matter. But because the shit is shit, it's just You're in trouble. Well, You're in deep shit. Because, because it's like, um, the way that my professor, like, explained it to me is, like, it's like sex, and, like, it's basically all bodily functions you can't yeah. say on TV. <laughs> yeah. That makes um, sense. And I know in Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, they had a bunch of commentary tracks, and I recommend all of them. Um, but Edgar Wright, the director, comments in one scene, Scott Pilgrim says, uh, you're being a cocky cock. And later in the scene, um, uh, Brie Larson was going to say fuck. And uh, Aubrey Plaza's character has it censored anytime she says it. And they were going to have Brie Larson say it uncensored. But because he said cocky cock earlier, they had to choose which one to censor. <laughs> so he, he went with Whoa, uh, that's weird. censoring the fuck one. Yeah. I think it actually made that scene funny censoring that for some reason. I don't know. That whole movie's so like artsy and mm-hmm. I don't know. I agree. I yeah, I think it movie. worked out for him. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Cool. Well, this was a real fun one. Thanks for joining us again, Whitney. And for it, nice to meet you, Beth. Uh, let's do some plugs. Where can our listeners find your podcast, Beth? Um, we have a Twitter at Buffy underscore speak. Um, our email is, uh, I think buffyspeak at gmail.com. Uh, that's a little rusty in my mind because no one ever emails us. <laughs> we can say. <laughs> so I, I don't think about that one too often. But yeah, that's our Twitter. Um, we are on like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Buzzsprout now. If you're one of the two people. That use that to listen to us. I don't know. Um, and our personal Twitters are in the bio of that Twitter. And that, that, that's where you, you find us in your ear holes. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, go check that out, listener. And how about your show, Whitney? Uh, we are Historical Hotties, but pretty much anywhere online you want to find us, look for Historically Hot. That's Instagram, Twitter, historicallyhot.com, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we are also pretty much anywhere you can find 
podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, any podcatcher that you guys have, iTunes, just look for Historically Hot. And uh, my personal Twitter is Whitney underscore Nelson. And my last name is spelled N-E-L-S-E-N, which a lot of people don't know because that's not the common spelling. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Good to point out. And how about you, Bren? ABTS Brennan on Twitter, and I figure, since I don't do anything, I'm going to start plugging other people's stuff that I recommend. <laughs> so, DJ Cutman, who we used to use his music for I Was a Walrus, and then we ran out of ideas, but still love that music. We still use uh, the music if we play. Do we? I mean, we don't play anymore, that's the uh, problem. Yeah, I, we did not that long ago. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, he released a new album, a new remix album, called To Be a Mixtape. And it's a playoff of the title of To Be a Master, which is the old Pokemon album from, like, the 95, like, movie or whatever. So I recommend checking that out, because he's a neat guy, and also from Philly. That's what it means to have Philly pride. Take note, Overwatch League. <laughs> yeah, that Super Bowl was super interesting. I wish I knew. Um, but anyway, the Eagles. <laughs> anyway, uh, and if you like our show, listener, thanks for tuning in. Maybe tell a friend. Uh, we're findable at ABT Silence on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram twitch yeah we like to live stream this show every now and then we usually tweet about it if we do so keep an eye out there um one cool thing i want to plug that's rare that we ever actually have a plug for this show but um someone was nice enough to write up a thing well split cider is a website where you can find like comedy uh articles and stuff and they have this one recurring one called this week in comedy podcast and it just so happened at the bottom in the section where they say other podcasts we're listening to, they mentioned our most recent episode. Uh, so that was really flattering and really cool. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out. It was just neat seeing our show like listed like right below like Comedy Bang Bang and Improv for Humans and shit that I regularly listen to. So that's pretty neat. But yeah, check out our show. Get in touch with us. You can always leave us a voicemail if you go to our almostbetterthansilence.com slash contact. And we'll play it on the show, talk about it, send us suggestions for conversations, games we play, all that jazz. But we will be back next week. Thanks for joining us. See ya. See ya. Bye.